0: Hello. Hey. Hi. Hi, Facebook. <laughs> Just kidding about the rest of it. I was, you know, lip syncing. Anyhow, where am I? Not ocular perception. You can't see the kingdom of God with your physical eyes. It's a spiritual thing that we have to understand. It's spiritually discerned is what Paul tells us. And so because the Pharisees were not spiritual people, they were only Carnal people, they are confused at what's going on and why Jesus isn't producing the thing that they think that they ought to be able to have from Him. Now, a teaching at Jesus' time was that the Messiah was going to come and He was going to be doing miracles akin to to Elijah. Elijah, fireballs from heaven coming down and destroying the Roman legions. We have they thought that the earth would open up and just swallow thousands upon thousands upon Roman soldiers as God delivered them from Roman occupation and also just made clear to everybody that you do not mess with God's people. So they're looking at this and, and thinking it's going to be some kind of miraculous thing like this. And in looking at the miracles that Jesus had, thousands of miracles that Jesus had, they're like, well you know those are cute but where's the headliner where is that one miracle that just is so undeniable because you have delivered us from the Roman government where is that one thing that says here I am I'm the king and I'm gonna be taking power here but understand that they didn't want to be delivered from Rome for the people's sake they wanted to be delivered from Rome so that they could have the power that Rome had And have it returned to them and so with these teachings about Messiah there is something to that because we see a lot of this is a part of the second coming of Jesus but it's exaggerated and it's also out of place which is why we see Jesus begin his ministry with Luke chapter 4 remember that way back then we brought it up a few times since then but the Bible says that Messiah would bring good news to the poor, that he would proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. So let me ask you, did Jesus bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set free those who are oppressed and proclaim the favorable year of the Lord? So Jesus has done everything that Isaiah has said that he's going to be doing at this time, and they're still like, we're not impressed. So he did all these things, and it was reported back to John the Baptist, these things. When John was asking questions about Jesus being the Messiah, Jesus said, tell him this. Say, these things are being done. But as for the Pharisees, it's not that the Pharisees didn't want the kingdom they just didn't want the king but the kingdom without the king is just dumb (laughs) but do you see do you understand that the gospel preached today without repentance is the same thing it is the kingdom without the king it's I want these different things here but I want it on my own terms I want the blessings of the kingdom but I'm not so interested in this denying myself picking up my cross and following him John the Baptist preached repent Jesus preached repent Peter on the day of Pentecost preached repent see you're catching on I I, I knew you could paul james john everybody else writing in the new testament they wrote repent because it is a part of the gospel part the good news is that we can repent that it's been offered to us to repent not just that jesus died but that we come to that place and we turn the authority of our lives back over to the king of kings so charles spurgeon wrote this up on the screen and it says the gospel of luke and it says there it is christ defends men because his gospel is intolerant of sin see we can't say that we are right with god if we're living in sin if we choose to live in sin The gospel is intolerant of sin because God is. If God was tolerant of sin, Jesus wouldn't have gone to the cross for us. He would have been all right. Well, there's another phrase in this section here that excites many a false teacher. It says, behold, the kingdom of God is within you, according to the King James version of this. And it has been taught to mean that it's a a new age kind of a thing, that I have the kingdom of God within me and so I can be a spiritual person because of my own spirit but this is nonsense because a better translation of that is what I read in New American Standard which is in your midst and other translations say among you and those are the right flavor because Jesus is saying the kingdom of God right here is in your midst, is among you is right here because understand that the kingdom is where the king is. More of this when he speaks to his disciples a little bit later, but for now on, Jesus is telling these religious hypocrites that they will never see the kingdom of God until they see him as the king on the throne. And same with us. We will never see, we will never understand the kingdom of God until we understand and we see Jesus upon that throne. And so then Jesus turns to his disciples, and, and whether it's at the same time and they're all pretending to be doing something while Jesus is destroying the heresy of the Pharisee, or or, or maybe it's another time that, that Jesus is talking to them about this, but he starts talking to them about the return of Jesus, explaining the kingdom and the last days to them. So let's pick it up in verse 22. And he said to the disciples, the last days will come when... You will long to see, I'm sorry, the the days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look there, or look here. Do not leave, and do not run after them. For just like the lightning when it flashes out of one part of the sky, shines to the other part of the sky, so the Son of Man be in his day but first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation and just as it happened in the days of Noah so it will also be in the days of the son of man people were eating they were drinking they were marrying and they were being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all it was the same as happened in the days of lot they were eating they were drinking they were buying they were selling They were planting and they were building, but on that day that left Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, the one who will be on the housetop with his goods in the house must not go down and take them out, and likewise the one in the field must not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever strives to save his life will lose it, And whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, that night, there will be two in one bed, and one will be taken and the other will be left. There will be two women grinding at the same place. One will be taken and the other will be left. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and the other will be left. And responding, they said to him, "Where, Lord. And he said to them, Where the body is, there also the vultures will be gathered. And so Jesus is preparing them for his departure, but he's also preparing us for his absence, that while we are disciples of his, he's not with us here, but we are also being prepared for his return. Now imagine the confusion of the disciples as Jesus starts talking about his return as if he, they're not going with him. How strange that would be that they would not be going with him. And so Jesus doesn't just say this to them, but he says it to us. He says it to the church. And especially maybe to the young disciple, the young believer in Christ who needs to understand what it means to be a believer in him as we await his return. It's so critical to our faith. And it's critical uh, that we have discipleship so that we can have those who are young in the faith understand what it means to wait for Christ, not to turn back, not to go after other Christs, because otherwise they will follow a false Christ. Here it says, you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. We're not talking about one of the days past, but looking forward to the day of the Lord, when he returns, and it is that time that he takes his kingdom. But it's our future our, our desire for these future days that cause people to grasp for different hopes not the hope that Jesus has given us but the hopes of, of other Christs, where cults will come in and they'll say we have that hope for you right now following after one cult or another one Messiah or another in 1980 I was a waiter at Pizza Hut and there were two guys that came into the, to the shop there. It was just after lunch. And they wanted to have a to-go salad for free. They were barefoot. They were wearing John the Baptist cheek, you know, robes and, and, and stuff. They smelled like the camels that uh, they came in on. But my, my boss, Richard, was, was one of those guys who kind of had the idea that maybe he was a Christian without the repentance and that kind of stuff without giving his life to him or or those things but because they had mentioned this whole Jesus thing he said well sure yeah I'll I'll give you a salad and and it wasn't busy so I asked can I go out and talk to him and of course Richard knew that I was in Bible school I was becoming a pastor and those different things so yeah go talk to him so I went outside to talk to him and I, I didn't have the the sword of the Word of God so I took out my pocket knife my my Gideon Bible and I was able to to talk to them see what they had said is that they were followers of Jesus because he was on the earth now let's see I appreciate the raised eyebrows because that shows that you know that he couldn't possibly be on the earth at that time and so I was able to talk to them because this was their verse this lightning because they were called the lightning amen cult they didn't call themselves a cult but everybody else knew right the lightning amen cult and so uh, as I'm showing them from this verse it says that when he returns everyone's going to know it it's not that you have to go find him out in the desert wherever it is that people are telling you that he's at everybody's going to know it it's it's not only this, but what about the verse that says that when Jesus returns, he's going to step on the Mount of Olives and it's going to split. Is the Mount of Olives split? See, that would make news. E- even if there's fake news out there, it-, it would make that news for whatever reason. So went out there and I talked to them about that and they went on their, their own way because they wouldn't pay any attention to me and stuff. See, they were... Convinced, and I, I do mean convinced, that this some other man was actually Jesus. But for us, God forbid that we don't understand here amongst ourselves who Jesus is, when he's returning, how it's going to come about, and what we should do in the meantime. We should be quick to reject that kind of stuff. But how many people have said, look here, look there? And said that Messiah is here. See, I read this last week that there have been 64 serious accusations of this is the Messiah since Jesus uh, ascended. 64. I'm not talking about crazies like Charles um, Manson's followers and stuff like that. I'm not talking about, though they say he's the Messiah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where gobs of people go following after one cult or another looking for it one of them says that Jesus returned back in I don't know like 1930 or something like that I, I was gonna look it up but I didn't 1930 or something and he's been hanging around ever since not doing anything I love Lucy reruns I don't know but uh, this is the Jehovah witnesses see these are people that you've heard of they believe that Jesus has already returned to the earth they don't say that to a lot of people when they're witnessing to them. They don't come up to your door and say, hey, Jesus has already returned. Because Christians have slammed the door in their face. They, they would know better than that. But they come along and, and they say this. And so I, I've asked them, well, how do you deal with this whole thing about Jesus stepping on the Mount of Olives and him when he, when he returns? And it's splitting And I was talking to a guy out by the post office, and people were asking, you guys ever see the Jehovah Witness guy out by the post office? Yes, I do. But when I was talking to them, I had just gotten my passport picture. This was a long time ago. And I didn't have my Gideon Bible with me. Oh, right? And and so I was asking him about this, and he says, but that's not what the Bible says. says the Bible says it's it's upon his presence, not upon his return. I said, Is that what the King James Bible says? See, because the way that they will convince you that they're right is they write their own Bible. They will take portions like this and they will change it from saying his return to his presence. In other words, at some times, Jesus, while he's on the earth after he's returned, he'll go make his way to the Mount of Olives, but he can't find the time to do that yet. So, That's how cults will steal people away, make it try to sound reasonable. See, it says right here in the Bible, but it's not the Bible. See, cults are the seagulls that eat the hatchling turtles as they try to make their way to the ocean. They go and people, as they're trying to follow after God, they will come and they will snatch them away. You will find at Billy Graham crusade type places, I mean, he's died and stuff like that, but but there used to be cults out there trying to steal away people who have gone forward at Billy Graham crusades, and I'm sure they do that at other crusades nowadays as well. Go there and say, oh, hey, yeah, that was great. You need to find a good church. Here's one. Come to our cult and let us kill you. And although we saw at the beginning of this chapter that it would be better for them to have a millstone tied around their neck and be cast into the sea, we see that they're still cult leader after cult leader after cult leader, and the devil continues to use these false teachers. We have in the pastor had casual attenders that I've, I've had a chance to talk to and all, and they say, you know, they like the teaching here and things, but they like to hear the the other things about Jesus that the people who come to their door tell them about. I say, look, these people don't have the same Jesus. The Jesus of the Jehovah Witness is not deity. He is not God, has never been God. The one of the Mormons was not creator God. He was a created being and was the brother of Satan. And then he became a God later on. These are not the same Jesus. And until you know exactly the truth about who Jesus is and what the cults are all about, you shouldn't talk to them at all. Well, they're not here, are they? Because they continue to listen to them and and what they get told is, no, you don't want to go to that church because they're going to tell you something contrary to what we say. And by golly, they're right about that. Anyway. Verse 25 says, But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And there's two words to notice in particular there. He must suffer. The crucifixion of Jesus is not optional if we are ever to be a part of his kingdom. The price must be paid for the redemption of mankind and nothing else will do but the blood of Jesus on the cross I, I, maybe we can talk our worship team into singing about this sometime maybe we could sing something like Jesus paid it all maybe we could sing something like the blood of Jesus speaks for me maybe we could sing something like God so loved maybe we could sing something like the lion and the lamb oh wait that's what we sang this morning, isn't it? See, these are the truths that we must know, not only as we read them, think about it, but singing about it, uh, making sure that it's validated in our, in our hearts. Those are important things for us. Now, in the time of Jesus, it was common for people to go out and to buy a kingdom. Jesus gives a, a parable about a man who is going out to buy a kingdom do you remember that and also Herod the Great's father bought the kingdom from Caesar which is why Herod the Great was a part of it he had to go to Caesar and get his approval for it but that's where that kingdom came from so Jesus going to the cross having to go to the cross must go to the cross to purchase the authority that was not his already And by that, I'm saying that, remember, God gave the authority to Adam. And Adam forfeited that authority to the prince of the power of the air. And so again, Jerusalem is right on the horizon. And Jesus is making it clear that his suffering is for us. And it's for us to be able to have that part in the kingdom. Suffering that he was about to endure was for us. And so with that, we need to be ready. And we need to endure the things that happen to us as believers. And things happen to us as believers, don't they? Living for Christ in this generation is not that easy of a thing. Back in the 70s and the 80s, it seemed to be pretty easy. Maybe I was just younger or something. But back then, we didn't have the persecution. We didn't have the, the perversion out in the open like we have now. We weren't called haters of people whose sin God despises and things. So yeah that's how it used to be but it's something that we now need to endure. Jesus gives us two examples of enduring and holding fast not turning back from, the, from God to the things of the world. It says that it happened just as in the days of Noah and Lot's wife. In the days of Noah, it was just one day like any other day. They've had these days, it, it looked just bright, sunshiny. The, the forecast was for, for sunny weather and, and things. Everything was just the same as it had been for a long, long time. You get up, you eat your breakfast, you mock Noah, and then you go to work. And what was the speed with which they harassed Noah? Mach 1. And see it wasn't the marrying and the giving in marriage, it wasn't the eating and drinking that was evil, it was the people that were evil. They have these days just like every other day and they don't have the, the guilt that they should have. They don't have any remorse for the fact that they are so wicked such a wicked generation that they have to be wiped off the face of the earth because of righteous judgment. They don't even notice that. Nobody followed after righteousness except for Noah. And so he and his family were saved. I mean, there is so much I could say about that, but I'm trying to make the pot like a lunch meal instead of a dinner meal. So, anyway, the storm came without warning except for the warning that Noah had been giving them. And the family and the animals were safe inside the ark when God closed the door of the ark. The others had had 75 years of Noah preaching to them, telling them, you have to repent of your sin. You have to turn to the God who created you. You have to become followers of God instead of followers after evil. And they didn't do any of that. So they had that. They refused the God of Noah. But what about Sodom? Was there warning there? Well, not in the same way, really. The angel told Lot, go. Don't take anything with you. Just just go. But do you remember why Lot was in Sodom in the first place? He and Abraham, Abraham is his, his uncle, so he and Abraham they are so prosperous. They have so many sheep and goats, all these different things that the herdsmen are, are fighting one another because there's not enough space. And so Abraham says to his nephew, hey, you pick. You go wherever you want to. I'll go the other way because I know God's going to bless me wherever I am. So you pick. Go wherever you want and, and, I, and I won't be in your way. You can have everything you want. See? Abraham's nephew was his lot in life there are so many I thought I'll tell one and I'll not say another one about lot because there's too many of them so so um, yeah there's a lot of them I'm sorry yeah thank you Robert so lot uh, heads off to Sodom and he goes there because of the grazing grounds there's there's a lot of fields out there that are, are perfect for grazing so he heads out there And even though it was a place of grotesque sin, Lot chooses the riches of the world. But we come to this place where the angel warned Lot. The angel uh, warned Lot, so he and his wife and his daughters headed out of town. They fled. But his wife, even being warned about this, even being told not to look back, she does exactly that. And of course she turns to a pillar of salt. She didn't look back for compassion for the people that were going to be lost. She looked back for the riches that would be lost instead. Jesus is telling us to reject the things of this world. Not to be going back for the things of the world now that we've, we've gone after Jesus. we followed after Jesus. We're heading towards the cross of Jesus. We, we need to be going there and not being heading back to the things of the world. We need to either be in the kingdom of god or not and understand that and so these days that we're in right now they look a lot like these days of noah they look a lot like the days that jesus has been telling us about the thing about it being the days of noah is that it's not quite like that because there are some righteous people here on the earth who was righteous on the earth at this time besides noah Right before Noah, there was a man named Enoch. And right after Enoch was gone, um, judgment came. But how did Enoch go? Did he die? No. Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. The Latin for the took him is rapturo. And it's the same Latin word that is used when they translate Thessalonians into um, Latin as well. The snatching away of the church. It's where we get rapture from. So the term rapture is not in the Bible in English but it is in Latin. Anyway it's important for us to realize this because the the peace and the normalcy that's going on and then boom it's it's gone it's over it's, it's, it's no longer. One is taken the other is not. But in our study of Revelation didn't we see that Jesus returns after seven years of increased judgment and pain upon the earth and so it seems like there's two different things going on here either there's conflict with the scripture or he's talking about two different times Jesus returning for his church in the the cloud and returning a second time to reclaim the earth the rest of his kingdom so let me ask you Do you think that Noah, while he was building the ark, do you think he was tired of the evil that was around him? Yeah, of course he was. But while he was building the ark, was he whistling and singing a tune that has something to do with God's going to kill you and I'm glad he is? No, not at all. He had compassion for those people. He had sorrow for those people. And even Lot when the city was about to be destroyed he didn't go out preaching about it and stuff but he told the angel of the Lord that it would not be right of him it wouldn't be moral of him if he was to destroy the city if there were fifty righteous people in the city there weren't or twenty righteous people in the city there weren't or ten righteous people in the city. no lot was the only one righteous in the city and how could lot remain righteous in that city i I don't even really know but we see the signs today that jesus is speaking of we are in a perverse world how will we manage to be righteous in this perverse world i think the main way to do that is to be mindful of the king and the kingdom that you're in the one that you choose because We have the king of the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ. Or we have the king of this world, Satan, who desires to steal, kill, and destroy. The king of the coming kingdom died to give you life. We need to decide which king we're going to follow. Because see, the vultures are circling overhead because death is already all around us. The world is coming to an end. And so we need to be aware of this. We need to be warned of this. We need to be understanding just really like like Tammy was saying, it's coming to that point, guys. We have to be aware of this. And we need to be making sure that we have a plan for following and not falling. Because if we don't have a plan, then we're going to be vulnerable to falling. We need to understand what it means. So we have two points to end with. The first one is be warned. These are examples to us. We need to realize that we, to turn away from, from following after Jesus, to follow after a different Christ, or to follow after the things of the world, man, it would be devastating for us. But it's what, Satan is trying to get us to do through little pieces of compromise, through just trying to wear us down. He's trying to get us to follow after the things of the world and to, to perish. But see, how close was Lot and his family to Zophar, their place of safety, when Lot's wife turned around. They were right there. And guys, we're right there. We are at the place where Jesus could come before finish this message. We're right there don't turn back don't look to the things of the world like they're going to satisfy because they just cannot right so we need to understand that for her she was looking for the kingdom with no king are we looking for the kingdom or are we looking for the king our desire should be for christ and then we are a part of the kingdom is the king reigning in us though See, you cannot have dual citizenship in countries that are at war. There are some people who have dual citizenship in our church. But if those countries were at war, they would have to choose one. And it's time for us to choose and make sure that we follow after that choice. So be warned, yes, but the second one is to be warning. We need to be telling people about this. We know this. We understand this. We need to share this with other people because they need to know also we want them to escape that if noah can preach for 75 years we can preach for whatever it takes to share the good news with people because unlike noah people will listen to us if we will be faithful not as much as we think that they should I mean I've been frustrated in my life going to the point of like why should I even bother anymore Why should I even tell people about Jesus anymore? Because nobody ever says yes when I ask them if they want to accept him. Until they did. So they will if we will be faithful. So make sure that we do that. Noah was faithful. We can be faithful also. Jesus told his disciples. He told us so that they would be ready, so that we would be ready, but also so that they would go into the entire world and make it so other people could be ready as well Noah preached and he warned people about the coming judgment so the blood of the people of the world was not on him did Lot share the truth with people in Sodom says that he remained righteous but didn't say anything about him telling other people I have no idea if their blood was on his hands or not but we don't want the blood of the world around us the people around us on our hands we want to make sure that we tell them the truth of who Jesus is if we despise evil but do not love the lost there is something seriously wrong with us because that's who Jesus was he despised it to the point of going to the cross and suffering we can suffer the inconvenience and even persecution of sharing the truth with other people. See, and make sure that you know that the gospel that you must share with people demonstrates that Jesus must go to the cross and must suffer. And that we must go to the cross and we must surrender to the King of Kings. Let's pray. Well, Father God, we thank you for your word. We we see here we can recognize the truth of it. I just pray for an empowerment of your Holy Spirit to to make it a part of us. I pray, God, that as the world around us starts to try to force us into its mold, try to uh, cause us to be so frustrated and so tired of uh, fighting against evil that we just give up, I pray that we would be encouraged to draw closer to the king. Lord, we know that the kingdom of, of God is is where we have been given it's something that has been offered to us and we have received the the forgiveness of sin that we might be able to enter in but God I pray that we would live faithfully to the king help us to be mindful of where we've come from where we're going and have the strength the fortitude to walk in the the spirit that you've given we give you thanks now in Jesus name Lord bless you guys. Oh, let's pray for Potluck. Father God, we do thank you for the the time of fellowship that we're about to have. And so we pray that you bless the food, the strengthening of our physical body, and bless the fellowship for the spiritual body that we are in you. In Jesus' name.